0: Hi, This is Robert Falk with Enid Monthly In-Depth, and I'm here with the City Manager, Gerald Gilbert, of the City of Enid. How are you, Gerald? I'm doing great, Bobby. It's good to be here with you. Well, great. I'm really excited to talk to you. Enid Monthly In-Depth is intended to be Uh, time that I can sit down, talk to people from around Enid that have great stories, learn a little bit about them, learn about what makes them tick and how they got to Enid and why they stick around. So you think you can do that? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, great. Well, I wouldn't be a good businessman if I didn't say that if you'd like to sponsor Enid Monthly In-Depth, we can put your name at the beginning, at the end, we can put you on the website. Uh, And so if you do, if you're watching this and would like to sponsor it, give me a call, robert at EnidMonthly.com or 405-826-0418. Other than that, we'll get started okay you ready all right ready. well gerald i appreciate you doing this you bet <laughs> i was teasing you a little bit earlier i said that the last person cried i was just kidding but uh you know what i hope you're not going to make me cry <laughs> i just uh i don't cry easily
1: so, so, well, so good. there you go enid
0: well i'm not quite oprah but may- okay. maybe i can get some really I, I, good questions I, I, to you. Okay? that's a good one <laughs> all right great well gerald where'd you grow up at you know what i grew up most of my
1: life here in enid oklahoma uh-huh uh, my my parents and and grandparents went to enid high in fact uh I love it that you can go over Enid High and flip through those, uh, you know, annual yearbook pictures they have up on the wall somewhere mm-hmm. still, and and I can find my, my, my grandparents, and my mom and dad, And um, but uh, I, I graduated from Hoover Hornet, as a Hoover Hornet from uh, Hoover Elementary. Uh, my father uh, worked several jobs, but he, he, he went to work for Champion Petroleum, which is really kind of a dream job for him, and I don't recall what year, that was probably in the 70s sometime, and, and so I went through grade school here in Enid, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I actually started at Lincoln, and of course, if you want to know the whole story, I don't know how long, how long do we have? About an hour, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I ended up going to uh, uh, first grade and part of second grade in, actually, in Dell City, because we moved away there, Dad was working, but long story short, we came back to Enid, because that's where we're from, so I went to Hoover, graduated as a sixth grader there, and was ready and set to go to Waller. And dad got his dream job as a field gauger, but it was in the Crescent, Oklahoma area. Mm-hmm. So it's not a small town, not too far from here. So I ended up going to high school, junior high and high school in Crescent, Oklahoma. Graduated there as a Crescent Tiger. Um, we were there probably till around the mid 80s and we actually came back here, I guess, in time. My brother graduated from Chisholm in
0: 1986. Okay, well, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. So yeah. you were born yeah. in Enid, yes, so sir. you were raised here until about junior high, you said. Yep. yep. Now, do you have brothers and
1: sisters? I've got one older sister. Mm-hmm. In fact, her name is Marilyn Morgan. She works at the courthouse um, and <laughs> uh, works there. And, and that's <laughs> funny. You, you know I've known Marilyn for 20 years. Yeah, then, so, then you know my sister. I so, do, I, I do. And yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, so that's I probably do. a little known fact, so there you go, you know, there's another little. Well, there you go. So
0: see, things. that I already learned something about you. Now. Yes, so, yes. Uh, and I actually went on a few dates with Holly back when I was in law school. Really? So, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. So we could have been related. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so uh, you and Marilyn, y'all grew up here in town. How is she older or younger? She's Yeah, she's a I,
1: you never supposed to say how old. Why? Well, but she's my older sister. Okay. Yes, and I've got a younger brother, John. Okay. And he's a few years younger, two years younger than me, I
0: guess. Is he? Does, is he still in Yes, he lives here right here in Okay. And
1: so does Marilyn with her husband Gary. Uh-huh. And, and her kids are grown now, and, and so. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: So you you grew up and then ended up going over to Crescent, not too far away. Yeah. But uh, uh, what did you think about Crescent? How'd you like it?
1: You know, it was a, it was um, I was pretty young then. In fact, I whatever about a sixth and seventh grader is I don't know 12 or 13 something like mm-hmm. that in that age group and and so it was it was a change it was a change because a smaller town and um, and so I you know I liked it there's good aspects of it sometimes I, I wonder you know how things would have been different if I'd stay here I, I remember some friends uh, it's funny uh, you know some of the people that I remember um, from sixth grade um, one of them is Troy Lapard. Okay. I think uh, I think he, we were in class together. I think Tina Hall mm-hmm. was in that class, and so, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of just, but this is what people do uh, when they move. It kind of disrupts the kids. So, mm-hmm. uh, but looking back, I know it was very good for my father, and uh, I'm glad, and it was a good uh, um, high school. It was a little different, and so, uh, but we finished, and and uh, you know the, the refinery closed down in the early to mid '80s. Mm-hmm. And so we end up coming back here. My mom worked for the Department of Human Services, and so, so again, all this to say, uh, probably boring everybody. This is just we're connect. I'm connected here, and this is how I'm connected here. And a lot of people are connected here in that same way. So that's what brought us back. Is um, you know, detoured for his job, and then when the chaplain went away, where do we go? Right back here.
0: Okay. Well, so uh, when you went to Crescent, were you involved in anything at the high school, any extracurricular activity, sports? You know, I
1: didn't do a a whole lot, as I recall. I did a little bit of uh, sports in junior high, um, and and I really didn't do much after that, but I'm pretty confident I could have been an all-state wide receiver (laughs) in football. So if I had it to do over again, I would try that. I I didn't didn't do any of that. I I just... uh, you know, studied up and thought about what I what I would do in life. And so, uh, anyway, kind of had a detour, came back here. And actually, before we came back here, I'd gone to, I think, I'll uh, say I went about a year to UCL. Mm-hmm. It was um, Central State back yeah, then. Yeah, CSU, right? C- Yeah, CSU. And so, uh, you know, I felt like um, I ended up actually, here's another little known fact, folks. Uh, see, I'm not crying, I'm just sharing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I ended up my second semester, I... Uh, I dropped out. I mean, I I withdrew because I just thought, uh, you know, I'm not. Was sure this I'm when doing. you were
0: 18 or 19, right yeah, out of high school? Yeah,
1: pretty young. I'm, yeah, probably about yeah, exactly about 18, mm-hmm. something like that. And so I think back on that sometimes, and I thought, gosh, I would not recommend that, folks, simply because it's just wasting time. I ended up going back to school at OSU about. Uh, Uh, 85 or so
0: what'd you do in between did you what would you Uh, I just piddled around Mm -hmm. so I
1: was lucky that I uh, I, I Didn't did nothing of substance. Um, So I just um, enjoyed life. Um, I remember my uncle um, Uncle Mick um, Birch uh, Birch virtual Floyd Mick uh, He had a real estate business here in town people may remember Wheatland real estate and auction and that was my uncle um, My aunt and uncle and so they had a little venture one time it ended up being unsuccessful but it was in Colorado, it was called, uh, they bought the, I don't know if they bought it or what, but um, it was called the Balloon Ranch, and it was one of those places you do air balloons, and, and they changed it because they were looking to do a timeshare type thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was called the Fellowship Ranch. So anyway, I, I, and some of you probably know, I know Jerry Allen, Commissioner Allen, if you're watching, knows uh, David Mick, my cousin, who's passed away now uh, very well. I went up there and messed around up there, just really just nothing, just enjoying life. but but quote-unquote being caretaker type up there. Um, messed around doing stuff like that for about a year. I actually worked at McDonald's. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I learned a lot at McDonald's when I started out. And I remember when they opened the store in front of Oakwood Mall, back when Oakwood Mall was still pretty vibrant. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember I started working there before they even opened the store because one of the odd jobs they had me do was I'd go out there with this power washer and clean their parking lot before they opened it. Oh. But my main job after that was making the biscuits. And so uh, I take (laughs) pride. For the sausage biscuits? Uh, uh, Yes. That's what I always get when I go for breakfast. And I take pride in that because back in the day, they had the pre mix, they had the measuring cup with the little red line, and they had the jugs, one gallon jugs of buttermilk. And so you can figure out, it's still not that hard, but they don't even do that now. They get them, I don't know, Sam's Club or someplace. (laughs) So I always uh, enjoyed that. Now I will tell people, I. They never let me be a cashier, and I never figured out if that's because I didn't ask or they figured out I wasn't cashier material. Uh-oh. So I, you know, you never know. You so, never know. So you did some odd jobs, kind I of tooling around. Stuff.
0: Decided yeah. you uh, wanted to go back to school. with Oklahoma State. right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so how about how old were you then? I was about twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you it wasn't very long before you decided G- you God. needed to get back to college. Right. college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, were you in a fraternity or anything like no, that? No.
1: No. I was just uh, um, what they call them GDI. GDI. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, did you enjoy your time at OSU? Did I did. I did. I, I um, you know, I, yes, it was enjoyable. Um, it was big because you got to remember I went to Crescent and mm-hmm. we had 50 people, I think, in the graduating class. Had i gone to even high, I, I don't know, they're in the thousands, I think, or hundreds, yeah. high hundreds anyway. And, and so that was a little different going to Oklahoma State. But I remember at Crescent, in about 11th grade, I had an accounting class and it really made an impression on me. When I went to OSU, I thought I was going to be an engineer. Mm hmm. And I ended up for those of you, I think you spent a little time at OSU. Right? I did. I
0: was, I'm a good cowboy. Yeah, yeah. I was on the five year plan. Well, four and a half year plan, yeah. but I knew right. I was going to law school, so right. I, uh, I, I figured I, I didn't want to just puddle around for a semester, so right. I piddled around doing golf, wine tasting, things like that. So there
1: you, there you go, there you go. So uh, yeah, I took chemistry 1314. I don't know if you had that uh-huh. class, a general study thing, and I think that changed my mind on. Engineering because converting moles to milliliters nah, and pain. junk like that, I thought, and that was the easy one because you had to take 15-15 and then progress on that. Yeah. And so,
0: but you were okay you know, with the math.
1: You just well, didn't I, like. The, I, I was okay with adding, you know, adding and subtracting, and yeah, yeah. And so, uh, um, really, probably didn't get any hard math yet. It was just chemistry that made me mm-hmm. think, ah, maybe this isn't for me. So then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do accounting because I, I like that. And then somewhere I got sidetracked because I thought. There were some hard classes in accounting, and I thought that uh, I kind of liked economics, just kind of just talking about you know supply and demand and those curves and things, and so, and I had some success at it, and it looked like it was quite frankly an easier path, and so I ended up finishing in economics with a degree in about '89, and. I finished and I knew even before I finished by the way it's somewhere along there I joined the National Guard and gone through ROTC so I knew I had some was that the, the
0: ROTC there at OSU? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know I, and I don't know what the exact stat is but something that was interesting about their uh, military-based programs there is that the, uh, a significant amount of admirals have come from OSU. Wow. Which, I, which I, is odd don't you
1: think? <laughs> <laughs> and so. Well I was gonna say we have one here this is for you Eric Admiral Benson but wait a minute no, it was Captain Bitson. Oh, that's but, okay. but, um, he would have liked to have been an admiral, he would, he, yes, yes, sir. And love you, Eric.
0: He was the admiral of City of Eden for a while. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> absolutely. So you
0: joined the, it, it was the Army ROTC? Yes, the okay. ROTC. And so, uh,
1: interestingly What enough, made you decide to do um, that? You know, when I joined the
0: National Guard, and actually, uh, when
1: I joined, there was a group. Uh, Russell Singleton was in the group. Uh, of course, he's still here in mm-hmm. town. You know Russell. His brother's over captain of the police department. And let's see, who else is in my group? Well, those are the main ones I remember right now. My brother joined with me uh, shortly thereafter, but um, we had a little close-knit group here at the Armory that people don't even know exist now, where um, Garfield Elementary School is now. Okay, that's, yeah. that's where the old uh, Armory was. And so, joined up there in um, about 85, did drills. But Was we, there any particular <laughs> thing that drew you to that? Uh, it just, uh, yes, it was, um, When I went to uh, Central State and I always felt bad because I I mentioned that I dropped out and I just didn't apply myself as well as I should have, I felt really bad about that because my parents who are both gone now and I miss very much and and love very much, uh, they had, uh, they paid the bill for me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, golly. So I thought, what can I do? Because I wanted to be more independent I don't want to be a burden on anybody. I won't be able to pay my way. So I was looking through a magazine somewhere, and you know how those recruiting magazines—they always make it sound like oh, oh, man, it's right. Hollywood. There, so, <laughs> ah, you're gonna do this, and so I go in and I never dreamed they're pretty good there because I didn't think I was this um, susceptible to stuff. But I think I'd signed a contract like almost the first day that I talked to them and. You know, that's not always the best thing mm. to do. You, you want, sometimes it's good to have a cooling off period, but, <laughs> but it was true, a right? good experience overall. Um, it, was, it was really good. I learned a lot, um, and so I went through the whole thing, and
0: so a lot of it was for the idea that you would make a little
1: school. money and to pay, pay for, for school. Help pay for school. And so I'd be in the Guard, I'd be in ROTC, and i get some money and blah, blah, well, blah. Well, they still do that now. So if anybody is
0: looking for a way to pay for school, that's not a bad
1: thing. And it pays a lot better than it used to. <laughs> uh, and, and also the GI Bill is incredible. When I went through, it was about $140 a month for the for reservists. It's something like three or 400 or more for a part-time soldier, a reservist, that yeah. you do weekend duty and stuff.
0: Well, you're probably a tad too young for Vietnam, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was before my time. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so was that a, did that play any role or thought about it after really. the guy's coming back from Vietnam? Not
1: not really. I've got a great deal of respect for uh, Vietnam vets. Uh, um, if ha- anybody hasn't read the book Black Cat 2-1 uh, by uh, uh, Lieutenant uh, Bob Ford, you ought to read it. He's a hero. Um, city's got a video with him and Doug France, another mm-hmm. hero that uh, uh, did something about the Memorial Wall. But um, anyway, it, it really I didn't. No, it was just the idea of trying to be um, a little more self-sufficient and trying to learn some skills, some life skills, and feeling like I'm, you know, uh, I always think sometimes this is probably not the right way to say it, but I think, well, you know, the, I'll get in the military and they'll make a man out of me kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I was already a man, so I, but, but uh, I did learn a lot of good stuff and, and, and had some enduring relationships. Some people right here that I've served with, uh, Bill Burkhart, mm-hmm. who is assistant fire chief. We served together for years, and he's retired now, and I'm retired from the National Guard. So uh, it's great; it's gratifying looking back on all those experiences. But it all started way back then.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting. I uh, that's my dad was in the the Navy and uh, in the Army during Korea, and so didn't serve a whole long time because he got injured in the Korean War. Uh, but that's one thing I've always regretted is not doing, uh, uh, not spending some time with National Guard or. or uh, uh, and uh, maybe being a jag or something like that. I've got yeah. some people I really respect that that do that, and and uh, so that is one of the things I look back on and regret. It, so I'm glad you got the opportunity to. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, so you went OSU, did the uh, ROTC program there, uh, graduated at first with a a, a you said uh, not accounting, but a. Uh, degree and economics, economics degree. degree, that's right. Yes. And then, uh, but you decided you wanted to continue and do something else.
1: Well, I, I, I started thinking about life after I finished my initial military training. What am I going to do for a living? And I just didn't see a whole lot of jobs for economists. And I didn't really picture myself <laughs> as being, a, you know, an economist on TV or doing something like that, or being like one of the guys that I'd seen at OSU, one of the professors that was uh, the econometrics guy. So I thought, you know, I thought back to accounting. I think it was about 15 hours away, and I thought, well, gosh, if I go to a summer school and one more semester, I'll have an accounting degree. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And I did my military training stuff first, and and then I came back and I think in 1990, sometime or something, and finished up um, with uh, an accounting degree. And uh, and actually, I guess actually what I did, I guess is thinking back, it is my life, but I've just it's been a while now. <laughs> so uh, I uh, ended up. Figuring that I would just go to summer school in one more semester. So I graduated uh, in about uh, December of 90 or something like that. Heck, I don't know, I go back with the diploma now. And and worked that around training. I think I had some training after that. And then I, I was ready to go in the workforce in the early, 90, about 91. Okay. So that's kind of where it brings us to
0: Were you ever deployed uh, with the National Guard?
1: You know, I spent 33 years in the National Guard as a part-time soldier. And I did, there were, several instances. Or very early on, there was Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield, is what it was called, yes, back in ninety ninety one. I was in, but I missed out on that. It's interesting. The unit that did what a unit that did deploy, the first battalion, hundred fifty eighth Field Artillery from Lawton, is a unit that I commanded towards the end of my career and I always thought that was kind of interesting and ironic. So but but in about two thousand three was the first inkling that I, as a guardsman, a part time soldier may have to go and do something. And, and the whole time that I was in, in the 90s up to the early 2000s, the, the National Guard was treated as a strategic force. So once, you know, that we had that monumental battle with the Russians and whatever, we're gonna need the National Guard. Well then, because of uh, reductions in budget funding and shifts in military strategy, and, and then probably the realization of the value of the National Guard and reservists to the military, um, it, it was determined on the Iraq invasion, they just couldn't do that, they just couldn't sustain that without the reserves. A lot of the combat, the National Guard itself has a lot of the combat power, meaning divisions, infantry divisions, and and armored divisions, and field artillery, actual Mm -hmm. fighting forces, but but beyond that, you've gotta have the the combat support, what they call combat service support, like engineers, Mm -hmm. and the combat service support folks, like the logistics people, because you know what's the saying? um, play generals or armchair generals talk tactics, but real generals talk logistics mm-hmm. because whoever gets there firstest the and fastest I don't know who said oh, that, but yeah. I think it was a famous probably general in history <laughs> They're right because uh, logistics is what makes things happen and so
0: and that's really important to yes. companies today And I'm certain the city as well. So yeah, that, that was probably good training for what you did later on in life
1: Yeah, I think so It was a, a good base and um, so anyway deployments just to cut the chase uh, we did uh, we did roll out of here in 03. Anybody remembers it was needed at that time? This town's very patriotic. Uh, I can remember from the old Armory on Elm Street, mm-hmm. we took all of our equipment. All that thin skin, Humvees. You know, you could poke a pencil through it. It was funny, that was 2003. We didn't, we, obviously we had no inkling looking back what we were getting into. Um, and we drove, I could probably had, I'm gonna say 50 vehicles and we just did a big convoy out of town. The fire department, long before I knew I didn't work for the city, they put their ladder truck out with the big flag hanging down. And we drive on down to Fort Sill. And we stayed down there, that was about March of 03. And we stayed down there for a couple of months. We did our certification because at that time it was something like 45 to 60 days. A National Guard unit was supposed to be ready. To be deployed and be a useful asset, but you needed that much time to train up and issue gear and all those kind mm-hmm. of things. And so, we were ready. We actually got certified, I think, in early of May of 03. I was actually the headquarters battery commander at that time as a captain. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, you had been
0: commissioned by this time, yes, yeah, yes. I was commissioned college.
1: officer, and I've been see, I've been promoted to captain by that time, and and um, and my first sergeant was. Uh, um, george randolph his wife some people may know um betsy randolph if they don't know george betsy randolph she may still be working at the highway patrol but she was their public information officer and it's interesting all these relations in the national guard because um ricky g adams was actually my my brigade commander at the Mm -hmm. time a colonel well ricky g adams now of course is head of um osbi right now and he was the um the captain or the head of the highway patrol for a while and so it's interesting to have those connections. I haven't seen him in a while, but um he was always uh he was a good mentor and a good guy to learn from and so those are some of the kind of quality of people that I've I've come across and either worked for or worked with or
0: yeah, been exposed
1: to. But we went down there, did our thing. We didn't deploy, I guess. Um we did not and I was I remember when I got that call from Ricky G. Adams telling me Hey, Captain, were, we're not deploying. I, I, I kept my composure, but I walked, inside I was going, yes, <laughs> yes. I and I had to go and um, tell my people. I think we had about 100 people, <coughs> and we have them in formation. And I tell them, and I'm doing it with a straight face while I'm inside I'm going, yes. <laughs> and, and then I did feel bad later because some of these, I had a job to go back to. Uh, at that time, I think I was working at Ditch Witch um, over in Perry, living here in town, driving back and forth to Ditch Witch. My wife is from Perry, Denise. And so, anyway, um, we. I realized for some people they quit their job; they're ready to go, they're ready to deploy. That was they're going to be their income mm-hmm. for a year or so. So for me, I was concerned. You know, there was if people remember the history there. We had no idea what we were getting into. We thought it was going to be a bloody conflict and it could be a long conflict. And mm-hmm. and so, anyway, we didn't go. So so came back. But that was a realization that the National Guard is now not just a strategic force for someday; it's for now. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that from that point forward. So actually I did end up deploying again. By that time I I transferred and got promoted one more time. I was a major. I was actually in the 158 battalion that I'd mentioned from Desert Storm. Uh-huh. Fired actual live rockets in, in 1991. They were a uh, multiple launch rocket system. Anyway, uh, we did go to Iraq. Um, Everybody goes to Kuwait first, and so I remember in Kuwait our first experiences. I'm just going to share this with you. And what, what, what year was that when you went um, with them? 2008.
0: Okay. 2008. So several know. years later. Yeah, Kuwait, yeah,
1: fast so... fast forward, folks. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, 2008, uh, we we deploy. We knew we got we got tasked, sourced to do it, and so um, so we knew probably several months in advance. So we actually geared some of our training. Um, towards this we went to Fort Hood trained up for a while this time. It was different though in 2003 I said we took all our vehicles we convoyed out of town in 2008-9 they weren't really The initial stuff from 03, four and 506 and 07 the stuff around um, Ramadi um, And all those areas uh, Fallujah mm-hmm. that was really bad Those had pretty much been subdued by that time. We actually ended up in um, after we got down to Fort Hood, we go to Kuwait, we go we go forward. I, I was just going to tell a story about in Kuwait, brand new, never in combat, but I've been in the Guard for something like, it had been over 20 years at that point. I think it was over, um, it was quite a while. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, maybe not quite 20 years yet, but it was quite, quite a while. And so I guess my point is they put us on buses at the airport, and these buses had curtains on them. I'm thinking, well, are these curtains on it for? You know? not look around. and and then somebody, you know, that's a little more experienced is, you know, the Kurds are on there because we don't want they don't want people looking to see who's in there. Yeah. And then the funny thing is because IEDs were huge, they killed a lot of people, it was terrible, and, you're, and so everything, you look, a little piece of trash or a tire looking at the window, you think, I'm oh sure. my gosh. And, but the, the, the funny thing in the story is that the U.S. has a great relationship with Kuwait, and, and, and honestly, there's very little threat in Kuwait. And so after you've been there for a little while, you realize that, you thought, well, it's good to be aware of those things because where you're going, it's really going mm-hmm. to be but here it's so that was always funny to me. We did go to uh, the Al anbar province, is where we ended up going in Iraq, and a place called Ramadi or Ar Ramadi. In,
0: in was that the first time you'd been out of the country? Was uh, it? Or it's did not the first time on uh, like See, it's
1: not the first time I've been out of the country with the National Guard, but it's the first time I've been deployed in a combat situation. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm the only time. So, uh, but it was turned out to be a really good experience. Um, like almost well, like everybody in the National Guard. We serve as part-time soldiers. I always feel like, in my opinion, of course I'm biased as having served as a part-time soldier, we have a tougher road to hoe than a full-time soldier because a full-time soldier, that is their job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't have to worry about working another job. And, 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 and everybody knows, uh, full-time folks, and I don't begrudge anybody, this is great. Our friends out here at the Air Force Base, I love them, they're all full-time people, but it's funny, we, um anytime there's a holiday, for normal people, like us, there's always a, another holiday. There's a holiday before the holiday for the full-time uh, military folks, and, and, and that's great. I, I always say all this stuff because when, 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 when I used to drill, I've been out for about a year and a half now. I, I serve because I wanted to, but but you, you would work a week, whether it's here, Ditch Witch, or somewhere else. You'd work a week, you'd go do your weekend duty, usually driving, although sometimes I served here and Eden. Then you come right back to work. Mm-hmm. And the full-time guys, whether it's the full-time guys in the National Guard or the full-time guys at Vance Air Force Base or Fort Sill, Oklahoma, um, they, they definitely have schedules, they do their work, but they have routines just like we do, unless they're in combat. I mean, they get up, they do their, their PT, they go eat, they report to the office, they do whatever they do. But if you try to find them around, I don't know what their official stop time is, but I, I wouldn't wait till three or four o'clock in the afternoon if you want to find them. And so I, I don't begrudge any of that. I, I just only say that because it's an interesting story, because to me part-time soldiers I have the greatest admiration and respect for and we, we have to have them and but they have to have them they have to work a full-time job too mm-hmm. and and, uh,
0: and worry about what you know what yes. they're, what's going to happen while they're gone what's going to mm-hmm. happen when they get back yes. whether the day somebody and I know that uh, most employers are pretty good about the uh, about having uh, National Guardsmen or reservists and their staff and, and, and very few would probably fire them. But it's still scary yeah. to, to yeah. know what you're going back to and whether or not uh, missing all that work is going to be difficult, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: the City of means is a great employer. Uh, Ditch, which is a great employer, State of Oklahoma is a great employer. So I've had the good fortune of having great employers with military leave benefits. Eric Benson was here. Eric was fantastic. Of course, he's a military guy and yeah. served and, and knew. So I was gone for a little over a year because I think I left about a month before I had to be anywhere and I didn't come back for at least a month after I got back and I appreciate all that time. Yeah. But anyway, it was a good experience. Uh, we turned out, we did uh, security, base security. We did some escort security for, for civilians and personnel mm-hmm. that were working with the Iraqi. The provincial, pr- province for them is like a state for us. Provincial authorities, doing the same kind of city stuff, you know, talking to them about um, streets and potholes yeah. and water treatment plants. It's a lot of community building. Yes, again, right, and yes, and, and just just to help folks, we we've got some terrible potholes around here, and some, <laughs> some rough streets. Yeah, but if you've been to some of the places I've been, um, you 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 would not complain. Um, I can imagine. Too much because well, that's uh, not just over uh, there, they're pretty uh, uh,
0: bad over there, but there's some places in the United States that are yeah. way worse than us too. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, let, let's go back, you mentioned that you worked for uh, Charles Machine Works over at and yep. in Perry. So yep. were you living over in Perry? Nope, always lived here and he did, okay. drove back and forth. Um, and
1: you met your wife there that, while you were there or before? I, my, my wife really goes back to OSU days, I was fortunate enough, I, I met her there um, and, and then got to know her better when we were out, uh, graduated from um, school in uh, Oklahoma State and and um, and so yeah. That's and what's her name? I, I, her, her name is Denise. Denise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, Denise
0: uh, We've been around each other yeah, many yeah. times, but I've, I don't know that I've met Denise before. So that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the uh, so you met her at OSU, but then kind of the yeah. relationship uh, really grew after you started yeah. working out there at Ditchwitch. When did you get married?
1: Well, actually, not at Ditchwitch. I, I we were actually uh, married. At oh, that by time. that time, but, okay. But but yes, um, we got married. We've been married about twenty six years, twenty seven years, ninety five. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's kind of funny because March 18th, 95 is our anniversary, yeah. and uh, um, our, our payroll accountant here, um, Susan, has the same uh, anniversary date, and I remember- um, she gave give you a little nudge. Th- there's another There's another guy uh, that I used to serve in the National Guard with had the same anniversary date, okay. so that's, that's interesting, March 18th.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, uh, did she work here, does, uh, or does she work here in town, or did she work- Yeah,
1: she works for Triangle now, okay. it's interesting, she's worked at various different places- uh, um, What's kind of her expertise? Our married life. Um, Project management, IT stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, So that's what she does for uh, Triangle Insurance here in town. And she's very happy. And, and uh, you know, it's great to live in the same town, work in the same town, because for her whole married life, until she went to work at Grondike and then moved over to Triangle, she was working out of town. And she started at, uh, well, she was at Ditchwich for many, many years and then moved over to um, Conoco at Ponca Mm -hmm. and then when they moved a bunch of offices to Bartlesville, she actually worked there for a while. Oh wow,
0: she was driving to Bartlesville, No,
1: we we ended up having a house there for a while, but that was, uh, and actually that was about the time that I was deployed too, and so, uh, you know, that just long term didn't work very well, and so then she worked at Devon in Oklahoma City for a while and then uh, came back here, and and so uh, it's been very rewarding to, uh, the whole time we've lived here, Uh, and for me, I used to work, well I I started out working at the Department of Corrections here in Oklahoma, right here on 21st Street or so. The Work Release
0: Center, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was the accountant. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. What uh, You said you were the accountant there. Yes. So uh, what, uh, has it always been about the same size that it is now? Yes. That's something I, I don't know that a lot of people know about the Work Release Center. I know they drive by and see the guys in orange, but besides that, what? Uh, how many guys do they have around there, do you know, or about?
1: I'm trying to remember from my time. Um, it was around... I don't remember what the actual head count was it it was um, over a hundred folks is what Mm -hmm. I recall that's obviously not gonna be exactly right most of the people that I knew from the time I worked there have retired I think there may still be a few there Um, but I'd be remiss it was my very first job Mm -hmm. and the, the, the superintendent out there was named Janice Melton And when you go and get a job, I remember I told you I'd gone back, got the accounting degree, and then finished my military training, and then I was ready to get my first my first real job. (laughs) And so, you know, I thought, uh, you know, it was, I guess, I thought it might be easier than it turned out that, that it was. And so, it was probably, I think, it was seven or eight months before I, quote unquote, got that first real job. And it was kind of difficult and challenging and and discouraging at times. And so I remember my mother, who had worked for the Department of Human Services and worked there for 13 years, had said, well, son, you need to look to try to get on with the state. So I did. And you try to figure out what you're qualified for, and you take a certain uh, proficiency test, and you get a grade, and then they have you available. So if agencies reach out for people in certain zip codes or something for, for that kind of, um, whatever you took the Is test that you're for. Whatever you qualified for, yeah? Yeah. Then they, can, they, they come up with a list of eligibles and they send you letters. I got a letter out of the blue one day uh, from here about an accountant position come interview. I so, oh, well, great. And so uh, uh, Janice Melton, I don't want to get off the screen, sorry. Uh, Janice Melton um, was the person I interviewed with her. I can't remember. I think I probably interviewed once or twice. Probably twice. Anyway, I got the job. Lucky enough to get the job. Yeah, that's right, because I had to go through a, a panel first and then an interview with her. I fondly mentioned Janice Melton. She lives in Alba today. Um, best boss I ever had. From the perspective of you were motivated because you felt like um, she cared about you, she cared about the mission, um, and she conveyed that in a way that, that made you, that, that motivated you, and and plus she gave me my first job. And so uh, that was great. I actually, um, she, went on to become the warden in Alba when they built the new Bill Johnson Correctional oh, Center. Oh,
0: th- that's where I, I recognized the name, yes. but that's where, uh, that's where I heard the name and from. So, so I
1: followed her up there, cause, and that was kind of a little little nerve-wracking, because I thought, well, I don't know, she'll hire me again. But she did hire me again. But I was driving back and forth. So mm-hmm. I worked up there about a, a little over a year, I think it was about, about a year and a half. And I always feel bad. I don't know if, Janice, if you're seeing this, but I, I think highly of you, and I'm sorry I had to to leave, but it just wasn't working out, and so I'm pretty sure the drive. Was the,
0: that, that I'm pretty was
1: sure you wouldn't hire me a third time. But that's okay. <laughs> what well, was it? The drive was that the reason
0: why the, the, the yeah, event? it was
1: the drive. My wife was working at Ditch Witch. And, oh, okay. And like I said, I'm always from Enid, so I, I mean, this is
0: where I want to be. Yeah. And, like two boats passing the night, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Working two different ways. So, well, so you uh, after you uh, resigned from there, you came back to Enid and were working for it. Right. Well, I
1: went to work for Ditch Witch, which is why. Oh, okay. to, yeah, which is why. I, and so my wife is working there, so you can see the connection yeah. there. And I went to work there doing um, at a little division called Subsite. And so instead of driving out of an hour and 15 a day, I drive to, what is it, 45 or something to Perry. To Perry. And for those of you who don't know that Charles Machine Works starts at 7 a.m.
0: Was your wife going with you? Were you at least riding yeah. in the same car? Yeah. Well, see, yeah. that, that's nice, then. Yeah, yeah, so. Most of the
1: time, unless you're fine. We, we, we did that for quite a while. I worked over there for about eight years, I think, and she worked for something like 11. And um, I, what I did was a little bit of IT accounting work for mm-hmm. a, the division called Subsite, and they had a software system called Fourth Shift, which is a, called a manufacturing resource planning tool or something. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a while, and I actually then came back to the city of Eden and went to work here. I've worked here for about 16 years.
0: What was your first job for the city?
1: You know, my first job was a chief financial officer, but, it, but there's always a story. You, you want to interview uh, me, so I did, I'll right. give you a story. Okay. Give me, That's what we're here give, for. Give folks insight here. Uh, I remember in about 99, I was always a good consumer of the local newspaper. Loved to get the newspaper, the old-fashioned way, go pick it up, take the rubber band off, flip it open, read the headlines. Even back then, it seemed to always be about the city, just like now, it's where the hottest thing going. So if you read about the city, and I remember one day, this was about 99, there was something about, it it was, I think at the bottom, it said something about Carrie Slater resigns or something. And and, um, Carrie's working for Hammer Williams right now. So Carrie, if you're watching this, uh, um, I'm glad you went where you went and I got to come here and and, uh, and, and it worked out. So anyway, uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to apply for that, I think, but I never did. Mm-hmm. But I thought, and so I, I never did. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, I, kind of like people make excuses sometimes, I say, ah, well, I just didn't get around to it, but next time, next time I'll do it.
0: Maybe a little nervous about being told no.
1: Right, Well, and speaking about telling that no, when Ditchwitch Witch, when, when the 911 happened back yeah. in 2001, it affected the whole world, and and so manufacturing was downturn. I worked for a manufacturer that we had went through a couple of layoffs, and so I did look for some other things during that time because I thought, well, I could get laid off. And now, fortunately, my wife and I we did not. But I actually interviewed at the city for an accountant position at that time, and I always think about that. I don't. I've told the story a few times, so this won't be news to everybody. But it's kind of funny because I, I interviewed for an accountant job, and I you know I think my downfall is um, I was. I'm sure I was too cocky because I got out of that interview. I came home. I
0: said, (laughs) this is my job. I parked right next to the phone (laughs) waiting.
1: Okay. I'm going to get that phone call. You know what happened? Phone didn't ring. Phone didn't ring. Phone didn't ring. And so, uh, anyway, after a while I figured out, well, I guess I didn't get the job. I'm glad that Ditch Witch didn't lay me off. So anyway, um, kept on going, kept on going. And then about 2004, I see again, my friend, the newspaper says, um, who was the uh, financier? like well, I guess it was Kerry, I'm sorry, it was Kerry in 2004. It was, uh, gosh, it was the guy that went to Atwoods. It was here in 99. So when Kerry left in 2004, um, newspaper dutifully writes an article. And I think, okay, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. This time I did it. And I came and interviewed. And I remember I did get a phone call. And I came and interviewed again. And I interviewed, one time I interviewed with everybody that, 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 that I would be supervising, so I had something like five or six interviews with different people, and and I was fortunate enough to get selected. I remember Jerry Irwin was the city manager at the time, so Jerry, I always praise your judgment and, <laughs> and selection of people. You did a fantastic job, and and I really uh, love Jerry. He was he was really good. I learned a lot from him. I got a list of his pithy sayings on my door of my office still, and I see him from time to time, Kiwanis Club. Hope he and Barbara are doing fine, and, um, Anyway, the rest is history. I did this for a
0: while and, and then about. Now how many different city <clears throat> managers did you work for after you took the job? as I really
1: worked for, just two. I worked for Jerry and I worked and Eric? for Eric Benson. Okay. And so Eric came
0: next. Two totally different styles of management.
1: Yeah, yeah. two different people, which was actually good to, to learn under, under two different styles and, and, and two different people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Eric is a very, very gracious, good person. People that don't get to know him or don't know him well enough, or have seen only maybe one side of him probably don't no, don't know that, but he's he's very um, good man, good leader, very loyal. I appreciate, Eric, everything you've done for me. Uh, I remember one of the things Eric told me when he was going out and he knew I'd been hired, and, and he told me that something to the effect, Gerald, you're never going to have to worry about me second guessing you <laughs> in the public or in the newspaper he's been a man of his word uh I, and he, he is was, still in town oh yeah. yeah he lives I, I, in town i occasionally see him see him, well, see him when i go to the coffee group from time to time that um that he actually got me going to and um you know i know he's busy he's done he's been an interim city manager or, or um, in several other cities like um el reno and shawnee and uh, i haven't talked to him recently so i don't know what he's up to right now but i know he's always contemplating those kind of things because I, I think he really likes it and he has a lot to contribute and he did a lot for the city mm-hmm. and so uh, I did learn a, a great I think a lot because, of
0: people like you said that that if you just met him one time or something like that then you, you may have a, a, a certain impression yeah uh, and I, there's a lot of people like that out, yeah. uh, in our community yeah. I think that are a personalities and and uh, have a lot to say about certain things but if you get to know them and they really that's kind of what this is for as well but so uh and you started to work in the city what year what was your first year 2005. Okay, so you've been with the city for 15 years, 16 years? Yes. Okay, so during that 16 years, what what has been the biggest challenge, do you think, even either while you were at C- as the CFO or the CEO, city manager?
1: Well, I'm trying to think of the biggest challenge. I'm thinking the biggest challenge, just generically, is always there's far more needs and, and, and wants, uh, but even needs, than mm-hmm. there is money. And so... That is difficult, trying to prioritize, and that creates friction.
0: How, how do you, so how do you, because uh, you make the proposal to the city commission, the city commission is the one that ultimately makes a, the, the decision, because uh, we, uh, we have a strong city commission Form of government, correct?
1: Well, we have council manager. Form. Council yes, manager, yes, yes. yes.
0: So, and they get to decide the final budget. They get to yes. the hire and fire the city manager. Yes. Uh, so, they've got the ultimate power and ultimate decision yes. making, but they probably rely on you significantly for the advice. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> that, that seems, seems like, like it, right? Yes. Uh, and so, uh, uh, with a, a, a different city commission group, does that make it difficult uh, to get across your priorities, or what you think it should be the priorities? Or have there been has it been pretty smooth in those fifty?
1: You know, it's been um, it's been challenging. It's been uh, uh, rewarding. I've learned a great deal. I, I, I say, uh, I always say, kind of to be funny, but also it's true. When I was the finance director for ten years, and only a short time, probably less than two years with Jerry Irwin, and most of my time with Eric, um, seven or eight years, something like that, seven and a half. Um, I truly was insulated from that. Um, Even though I went to council meetings and I Because they were dealing uh, with hard questions like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I didn't really fully understand what I was getting into
0: really. I just Political
1: wise. Political wise and and just job challenge wise and stress wise. uh, I just knew that I I felt like I had done a a good job as a a chief financial officer. I had come back from being in Iraq in 08, 09 and um, had continued to serve with Eric for another, let's see, till he retired in, at the end of 14. And he actually announced his retirement pretty far out, like a year and a half mm-hmm. early. And so I, I remember when he announced that, I thought, I think I might be interested in that. I'd actually served as the interim city manager between Jerry Irwin yeah. and Eric. Okay. And I did not apply at the time uh, Eric came, uh, because I felt like I just didn't have enough experience, and I think that was that was right. And, and so it was good for me to learn under Eric and and um, learned his approach to things, and, and and that boldness and brashness is good, mm-hmm. um, certainly in certain situations, and uh, it's what it's needed to move the city forward in some instances. And I always remember with Eric, he—I thought from day one I remember because my office is right next to him, and I'd see these people coming in and out, in and out, in and out, and I and uh, and I thought, what's he doing? Because he just—he's got so many meetings, but I. Figured out what he was doing. I know even better what he was doing now. He was
0: building relationships mm-hmm. with people, and that's all,
1: that's all that really matters. And as a CFO, man. you don't really need yeah, that or have yeah, that sense. Yeah.
0: Your job was to get the bills paid and uh, to balance yeah, yeah, the books, yeah. right? right. Uh, well, that's interesting. So, what uh, during that time were there any? Uh, and I didn't grow up in Enid, so I came here in two thousand and four. Uh, but I didn't really, uh, you know, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention for the first five or ten years that I was here. What were some of the uh, the big projects that you guys did during that time with Jerry?
1: With, with, with Jerry, hey, Jerry. With, with Jerry, in the f- uh, first couple of years, Jerry Irwin, um, just thinking back for me, I'm probably just getting my feet on the ground as a, a, the finance director. Um, you'll remember that towards the end of the 90s, Jerry had replaced uh, uh, Bill Gamble. And you know, when you mention Bill Gamble, people either think probably good or
0: bad. Well, he's the one that got the city back on the right track, right? Because yes. they, they were going. Yes, I don't know if banks exactly. thats the right term for a city, but, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they were not doing well.
1: Right, right. Uh, Bill Gamble, um, uh, you could say right of the financial shift. But he had to make some start. unpopular decisions from what I understand, exactly. right? Okay. Exactly. And, and um, exactly. He did that, for, I think it was here for about five years. Um, clearly, you can see the city made a tremendous turnaround. That's, and so he accomplished what he accomplished. By doing some of those things, as you mentioned, he had to make some unpopular decisions. A lot of those involved personnel, and, and so though in the end, I think that toll built up, and, and uh, but he left the city in, I believe, very good financial condition, and I was a benefactor of that, as, as was Jerry, and and really Eric for that that matter, and so um, we just continued on and that. So, so really, I, I probably it was only about a, let's see I served from I served two years. I think Eric officially started about January of '7 Okay, so there wasn't
0: a whole lot of time. So there wasn't a whole lot, just lot of time.
1: So really, coming on with Eric, what uh, he, many many projects. Um, one of them that comes immediately to mind is um, the the downtown um, Stride Bank Center. Now mm-hmm. um, that was an effort, you know, driven a lot with his leadership and, and uh, with um, Mayor Shuey and Meg Kreiner, I guess before that, and um, that that came to fruition. I remember that he was a proponent of. Uh, and understood that the city needed more revenue. Mm-hmm. So I think we, I can remember we had several bond issues under his tenure. Um, one of them was actually for a, a downtown kind of a bigger vision, and that didn't pass.
0: It didn't, but it didn't lose by much. It right? didn't
1: lose by much. And so I know one of the criticisms that the city always received, and Eric, who had broad shoulders, was that, well, you know, you did this, and, and people voted no, and, and the city did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, what people don't really realize is. No, the city didn't exactly do what that bond issue was because we didn't have the forty million dollars to do that. Now you could argue we did something similar, but but lesser. But but it was part of trying to re- help revitalize the downtown. And I don't think you probably are hard pressed to find anybody that voted no on that now because you see the value and what's sure. happened
0: out of it. And I think for uh, as being a younger person in town, a younger professional, that uh, that you know i don't know that it makes the money that was projected whenever it really was being proposed yeah. the, the, and uh you know there are people that argue about sure. how much it makes and all that but but uh, the the fact that it brings in concerts it brings in all this quality of life stuff to me i think it's worth the money that we spend and that we continue to spend for operations uh just for the simple fact that we have something to do in town and it brings that does bring people from other parts now whether or not it makes what the projection was, you know, I don't know, and I really don't care, honestly. Uh, and even if it costs us a little money, I think that's important because it's hard, especially for a young professional, to come to a town that there's nothing going on, right? right. And uh, but being able to see these concerts and these fun events, the uh, new basketball team that's coming in, yeah. you know, that's stuff to do I mean, instead of uh, having to drive to the city to do it or Tulsa or wherever else, right? So
1: yeah, it's it's fantastic, and you're exactly right.
0: You know, the
1: argument is it, you know, that it may not. Make money directly. It does not make money. If you're, and it, it may never make money. It's uh, you're, if you're comparing the revenues that are generated from these concerts and things and events, people pay to use the facility versus yeah. what it costs to run the contract and have the people over there. It's about a three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, in, you got to look at the
0: tax revenue for yeah. people coming to town, eating,
1: yeah, uh, buying gas. When you have that, hotels, you know, you generate you know, over a million dollars. probably significantly more than that. And now with can, uh, more pieces being added. The Downtown Hotel is very close to being completed. Uh, and, and it's funny because you, you laugh because we've all been talking about it, but I, I, I've been in it, and, yeah. and I was in well, it today. It's, 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 got, so it's actually close. got uh,
0: furniture in the front. <laughs> it's got, uh, so close. You know, it's funny because people complain about everything, and I they go, and, uh, and well, that's, that's ugly. Uh, and uh, some people I saw on Facebook, and some people... I, you know, it's a hotel. like And, you know, it was meant to be kind of a modern-ish kind of fun hotel uh, because it's in an entertainment area, an entertainment district, and, and I think it's only going to do good things once it actually gets open. And, and I do know that, uh, uh, you know, from based on people that I've talked to about uh, conferences and conventions for different AMBUCs and different groups, uh, that, man, they've been dying for something like that. I tried We tried to put on a regional conference for AMBUCs, but there wasn't any hotels, and we didn't want people driving across town to – to get okay. to uh, uh to get to the meeting spaces and the the dinners and that sort of thing, so I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to really uh, increase use at the convention center and that sort of thing. Is that the projection? Yeah. I, I think
1: that's a 96 room hotel. Is it's, uh, it's going to be open on or, or around May the first or earlier? I'm just I'm confident of it. everybody should know. Ownership's getting ready to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the closing date, I don't think has firmly been set yet, but it's, it's, it's gonna be likely within a couple of weeks or less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's, it's Still somebody out
0: of town? I know you probably yeah, can say who, from, Yeah,
1: yeah, he's from um, Colorado. Okay. And, and it, it's, it's fine to say it's Purvis kathari and, and his group, he's a fantastic guy. They have lots of hotels? Um, he, his group has several other hotels this one he's going to own himself mm-hmm. and uh, he's just fantastic guys uh, he, when, when he was here uh, a few weeks ago uh, talking with people I know he was down there talking to Brady Sidwell at Ena you know, Brewing mm-hmm. because his, uh, I knew he wanted to go over there anyway cause they're right adjacent to each other across the street and, and but but this guy has been a fortune 500 exec for lots of companies one of them was Coors yeah. and uh, so I you know when we talked about going over there I remembered oh yeah did you guys did you talk about Coors and and he did, but, but Hervish is such a great guy. He, Hervish is, Hervis is interested in having uh, Brady and Justin's type of beer at his little uh, yeah, bar there. But, gonna so he, he's just going to be really, really good for it and so it is going to open, it's going to be great. But that was a piece of the downtown, and you, and you see all that, and you see some of the new restaurants, Rodney Britten right open his new restaurant, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's, so, so the city, so that's a vision that Eric Benson helped you. Mm-hmm lead actually and get going and
0: um and along with the ball field and some yeah, of the other restaurants development. Now, and development I, now and i just know from uh because i pay attention to since i own a building downtown that prices of, of yeah. property downtown yeah. have been yeah. going crazy so uh, you always know that that's going to be a uh, that's a popular thing so still a good time to buy though right? <laughs> that, that, that may not it is I, I think so so uh, uh, you know, I'd like to see more downtown living. I mean, that that's yeah. kinda, would be really cool. So uh, eventually maybe that, that'll start happening more often. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about one thing that I was really interested in that didn't make it uh, and lost by a little bit more than what they... A downtown issue was the bond issue that was going to be passed to do the stuff on 30th street uh the new ball fields and water park and that yeah. sort of thing so uh do do you now that lost pretty big right if i remember i was like 60 40 or something like something that. something like that I yeah don't exactly but so what what do you think the challenge was there because i mean you talk to people in the community especially people with kids then i mean they said that's something that was desperately is desperately needed what do you think it was the challenge to get that passed
1: you know i think it could have been buy-in uh, just not enough um, um gathering um, input and buy-in. I think everybody did everything with the best of intentions there. That's what I think happened. It's hard to know. I mean, I remember when the Call Lake issue passed, everybody was telling me there's no way this is going to pass. Of course, (laughs) as you know, it passed with 67 or 68 percent of the votes. A lot more than I I expected. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes you just have to tell um, why. I, I do know that um, over time those needs still have to be addressed, and and so uh, with the new soccer park, that, that takes for, away a significant part. That's a real, yes. and that's a
0: that, that's a mostly private but partly public partnership, right? Y'all yes. are doing some infrastructure work and Absolutely. things of that nature uh, for them, but it's mostly private.
1: Yes, yes, um, it's uh, right now the city's committed to three million dollars. Uh, the Allen McLaughlin family's committed to three. They're raising money, and I and, and Mark Allen himself just updated the commission. If you about a month ago. And it was, uh, I believe it's a 10 million facility now. And it's gonna be fantastic. And I think it's driving some discussions about maybe other facilities that, that the city needs. Um, and of course, there's always a discussion of the water park and, I yeah. uh, uh, Champlain Pool, as everybody knows, is way outdated, way past <laughs> end of life. And um, I'm sure, um, I remember being a little kid. You said you didn't grow up here, so. But I remember being a little kid at Champlain. I thought it was pretty cool back yeah. when I was a little kid, but then it's kind of like watching an old movie but you watched it in that one, you know, was like, why do you think that was that yeah. pool? So. Well, that's the
0: same way with the, uh, the water, uh, the pools that we had in Oklahoma City. And yeah. in the city of Oklahoma City, as you know, we'd walk to the pools. But looking back on it, all those are torn down now, either replaced with splash pads or yeah. nothing. And uh, uh, so, uh, but they had pools all over the place in the city back then. But they're just really expensive to run, obviously. So, yes. Um, and liability, of course, and all those things. So, uh, well, that's really interesting. So you think it was a buy-in issue more than any, not that we don't need it or want it. I think it. so. And I, issue. You
1: know, I really don't know. I just, uh,
0: it was just oh, that was during Eric's term right yes okay what about the street uh, the street bond issue that was, that was that also something
1: that was also Eric's term and that's another leadership thing that Eric brought the city hadn't passed a general obligation bond in 40 plus years mm-hmm. from the time that passed I believe that was 2008 um, and that was 2008 uh, yeah I think it was 2008 and we actually we did have three issues I think three questions on there two of them failed one of them passed for the bridges mm-hmm. And we but always, the streets
0: that they were going to take out Randolph and so right, like that. Right.
1: That, yeah. one, that one did not pass, and, and I, you know, I don't know why, because if you ask people just like on the sports, they say, well, yeah, we need streets, and in fact, I hear it's the number one issue. It's the yeah. number one thing people want, and back then, it was focused on Randolph all the way through, four-lane, and I guess, you know, some people didn't agree with that. Enough mm-hmm. people that voted didn't agree with it, so we didn't do it. I don't even recall what the third issue was, but I think it was about streets, too. And the bridges, we always kind of chuckle here at City Hall if it wasn't for the fire truck going through the bridge. That one, who knows, that would have passed. <laughs> and we needed it. And we actually got, um, it was passed to do seven bridges, I think. We ended up getting 11, I think. that They weren't totally all new, Some of them just had new bridge decks. I think we finally expended the rest of the money we had on that when we did the redecking on the root bridge by the golf course mm-hmm. in between Cleveland and Van Buren. And so it was a tremendous thing. It ran five years, and it was roughly it was five mils or whatever it was, and, and it was really good. I remember there was yeah. some criticism because initially it was gonna be a 20-year thing or something, and then we shorted it to five. And I remember some people coming in and criticizing the city, but it was the best way to do it because you, People pay a little bit more for five years. They get done with it, and we move on. and We yeah. do the project, and instead of trying to pay for it for twenty years.
0: Well, is there? You know, I know we were significantly um, leveraged, or, or with our, our bond issues with regards to the water. Uh, is, is there any talk about maybe trying another bond issue in the next few years for Yes, roads? I
1: think I think there's. Um, I think there's certainly talk. There's certainly plenty of need.
0: Now, the, now, just to be clear, the city spends millions of dollars a year on roads, right? Yes, uh, and uh, I think I maybe I see six million or something last
1: year. Yeah, yeah, around five million plus. Okay. Um, depends on you know what you count as a street work because the street work really isn't just the street anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's moving the water line out. It's buying the right of way. It's it's uh, putting in new utilities. Uh, it's all the sidewalks that go. And so there's a lot of related things that the money goes for too. But when you add all that up, it's 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 five plus million dollars, which
0: isn't. It's not, a whole lot. It, it's not a whole lot, but it is. I mean, it's yeah. at the same time. So but, yeah, now, so now new road construction right here it used to be about a million dollars a mile, right? Uh, yeah. And so I, I'm certain that you, some of this is repair work and yeah. things of that nature. Now, uh, it's kind of funny. We were in Oklahoma, or in Edmond for a, a tennis tournament last weekend, uh, and my daughter loves Taco Bueno, just misses the Taco Bueno here like crazy. Uh, and so I always have to go get Taco Bueno, and I was complaining about Edmond Streets uh, which is one of the more wealthy cities because they don't have turn they don't have the middle turn lanes and so the traffic is horrible uh, in a lot of the area there and so uh, anyways I just uh, so I'm glad that when we build new roads here that they've got the middle turn lane on the on these major roads good, that's good. a that's a positive thing well well that's really cool so uh, well what about as uh, so you had these projects some of them worked some of them didn't probably learned some lessons yeah. over why they didn't work I guess. And do you think some of that's communication? What do you think is the, the biggest reason or biggest lessons you learned from some of the things that didn't work?
1: Well, I think communication's uh, critical as, as you, um, as you assess the needs for what's needed, generally people, I think people have a tendency, it's unfortunate, I, I probably had it before I worked for the city, they generally have a tendency to be distrustful of the city. And, uh, and somehow that stems from either a bad experience they had or somebody else did and they heard about. I don't know. Um, but frequently people say, well, I pay my tax dollars, why don't you fix this? It's a good question, but part of that education and the answer for that is if folks had any idea how much it costs to do things, mm-hmm. uh, not just to, to pave a road, but to, to have a street department of 20 people, Yeah, it mean, costs a million plus a year just, just to have that. and so. It's very expensive. So, um.
0: well, for instance, here's a really good one that I was just talking to Commissioner Zell the other day, uh, who you think would be super in favor of uh, recycling and yeah. uh, uh, street side and he explained that it, it, it's outrageously expensive, and number two isn't really effective. So all these other cities that have street side recycling, where you could just drop your stuff in a bin, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of that stuff just goes to the dump because it costs too much money to separate it, right. and it's more of a. And so I thought that was really interesting. the the, the idea that uh, that people think something like that would be good, but financially and other for other reasons, it doesn't make sense, right?
1: No, it really doesn't. And. And uh, Commissioner Zell, in case people don't know it, is a fiscal conservative. <laughs> he is. Because very I've watched nice him day. over eight years, and, and so uh, he has probably been the most fiscally conservative commissioner I've seen in my 16-year tenure. Yep. So, um, so that's interesting. But yeah, he just did because I when I lived here, when I had I still got the blue boxes in my house, in mm-hmm. my garage, that we used to stick out the curb, and they'd dump them somewhere in a, I guess a trash truck, and dump the stuff on the floor right here, and then people would sort it out. Well, that's not even very efficient. Yeah. So. It's much more efficient to have a place for people to take it, and I realize it takes effort from people. But if people are really interested in recycling, then yeah. It takes well, a lot because it. you're talking
0: about a whole separate crew. You're talking about yeah. gas. You're talking about maintenance for those vehicles. All that other yeah. stuff. So it kind of defeats uh, the balance. Just doesn't. Uh, and and I and I wouldn't have ever thought that until I talked to him about it because it just doesn't work, Bobby. And I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Makes sense. So, um, well, what? Uh, uh, so right now. Uh, the, with the, besides the communication, because that seems, you know, I see all the time people say, "Well, I didn't know about that. Nobody told." And uh, what do you think the challenge? Why do you think there's such a challenge in trying to uh, let people know what's going on, or or uh, or is it just kind of a general idea that some people just want to grab?
1: Well, I, I think that city can always do a better job. I think we have improved, obviously, on I'm a bias source, but I think we've improved considerably over. I would say that past several years, maybe really even since, um, I remember Eric Benson brought back a a communications person. Um, So there's another leadership thing and we've continued on with that, but we've got, you know, uh, a communications media center. And so we, more than just press releases, we are really actively trying with the power of social media and the web mm-hmm. to put out there. Why are things this way? Why are yeah. we doing this? Why, why, what, what, what you know, wh- one that uh, we need to work on for folks that are hitting that bump over there on 12th and Chestnut, where we just redid a couple of blocks of street and the underground stormwater pipe. Um, it didn't make sense to me either until I go over there, I look at it, and I come back and ask the engineers, and it was. Assume- I knew there'd be a logical explanation. It was. We're getting ready to do the next two blocks, which is from 12th Street to 10th on that intersection mm-hmm. there. And they had this hard decisions to make when they're fixing that. They they made the decision, I think it was the right decision, to bring it back to the original elevation of the street because the street had had several layers of asphalt on it and stuff. That's why there's a bump there now, and, and it's... it's, I know it's annoying. I need to call <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman because he's reached out to me. And
0: So sometimes, there, in yeah, fact, most of the time, there's probably well, a good almost reason. Almost always there's a
1: logical reason, but yeah. it, it may not seem logical. And we, uh, unfortunately, we were not ahead of that one, and, and, and so... Um, but even if we had it been, uh, I do think that um, something that I've learned: you can't get too focused on. You know, if I spent all my time looking on different Facebook stuff, trying to absorb the criticism, respond to that, I wouldn't get anything else mm-hmm. done, and it wouldn't be productive because a lot of the folks, um, you can it's try so to explain hard. stuff exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, Um, I don't know anything about arguing on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, probably it's just better to uh, just just do the best to explain and go on trying to do things because uh, trying to do good things.
0: Well, the media thing is a big deal. Like I I guarantee you that more people watch city commission meetings than ever have just because they can see it on their – they can look at it on their phone. Uh, or if they've got something interesting that comes up and and uh, you know and for whether you agree with it or not, there's been much more participation in city council meetings over the last yeah. uh, year or two do you do you find that now? I mean sometimes I watch it and I feel like the dialogue kind of gets off topic or off the point sometimes uh, but uh, do you uh, uh, do you feel like that that's a positive thing that uh yeah
1: I think it's great to, for people to be involved i think so uh, because it, because if they understand, or if they contribute, or if they feel like that buy-in, uh, or even if they don't agree with it, but they at least get it, they get to know some of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build some relationships and, and maybe have some more trust. And it's great. It's great to have them involved. I, I, I jokingly say our ratings were really up starting about last July <laughs> this mass mandate stuff, and it's something nobody ever, nobody, nobody ever thought we'd have to deal with. And so from cities. To businesses um, to everybody having to navigate this thing and, and I was just down visiting with I had lunch uh, with Tony Zacuti and I was really interested he, he he's talked about some challenges he has and we'll really trying to help him on some stuff but um, I was interested in him uh, as, a, as a person that had come here from Albania mm-hmm. and I see how successful he is um, because sometimes I wonder about. He doesn't know uh, the shed, but yeah. he's on my list. Oh, is he? Because, okay, <laughs> so. you know, I think you know, I'm I'm not always going to be the city manager, and I'm thinking about well, what will be next for me, and I'm I'm really getting exposed to very successful people, and so I'm trying to figure out, well, what do they do that's made them so successful? How do they think about stuff? And and so I had a good chance to talk to Tony. He'll be a great one to talk to and just visit about some philosophy stuff and. Uh, I should have written it down. I, I, I'll
0: remember some of it, but thanks, Tony. I had a good lunch with I you. I bet you remember most of it. you yeah, seem the I, kind of person I, I, that remembers I, a lot of it. Uh, well, so if you had a regret over your time for the last 15 years working for the city, is there something that you would have wished past or you would have done differently? Do you think is there something you can think about professionally that way?
1: Uh, you know, there's all kinds of. Uh, I can think of zillions of things, but uh, not even. I guess we shouldn't say zillions. I can think of challenges, whether it's with people or issues, but it's difficult to say, "Well, I wish that hadn't happened, or in a perfect world, that would you know that make that go away. But it's kind of like I've heard people say before, if it wasn't for all those experiences and going through that thing, those things, would I be the person I am today? Would I learn what I think I learned? Would I have benefited? So you know I don't know that I, I don't know that could point to one thing. I I, I, I guess um, I could probably. It depends on what you'd want to talk about, but I, one of the things that was challenging for me, thinking about just working with my bosses, um, the commission, the city commission, mm-hmm. the seven commissioners, that was an interesting experience. You remember, I said that I didn't fully know what I was getting into. And sometimes I laugh and think, well, if I knew I was getting into this, I just wouldn't, It wouldn't have been worth it. But I knew I was really kind of tired of doing what I was doing and I want to do something different. And so uh, personalities are important. And and so whether it's um, me as a city manager working with the city commission or me working with the city staff or the public or particular people, um, there's going to be times when we're going to disagree. And that's just, that's just life. and so I think back on some things that, well, I'll just use some recent examples. When I think about all the divisiveness that the mass stuff has, has brought, and, and then the hard feelings that people have about people like Commissioner Exel, mm-hmm. or, or or about me, or, or about Carol Lehman, or about, uh, I don't know, George Pankinen. You know, I think about, they're just people that live here mm-hmm. that are doing the very best they can. Uh, if it's me, I'm a paid employee. I'm doing the very best I can. Um, our commissioners are doing they – don't, they don't get paid, folks. They don't get paid. <laughs> that's that's the they, biggest they thing. They volunteer their time.
0: <laughs> they spend a lot of time for free getting yelled at by people. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it, they don't have much to do with. They're, they're one vote out of seven or eight. Right? Yeah. So. And, and they're, not, they're not perfect people. I'm not a perfect – you're not perfect. We're not perfect. So –
1: we you know we have issues and so as we do that you know i just think that uh, unfortunately things like the mask mandate sometimes i think things get taken too personally and i think that sometimes maybe you know it's uh, all of us can get passionate about things commissioners can too and 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 sometimes that can be taken Depends on who you talk to. Some some people say it could be taken too far, and, and others say, well, you didn't do enough because you didn't you you didn't pass. Because mask there's
0: mask. there's no there's no answer to that that's yeah. going to be that's going to exactly. make even most of the people happy. No matter what you do, it's going to make a significant portion, especially of our population, upset. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that that's a that was a very fine line to walk. I'm I'm certain that uh, y'all were going to make somebody mad no matter what. Uh, well, uh, now for me, just from the outside looking in, uh, the. Significant, very large bond issue for the water. It seems like that would be something that would make my uh, tidy whitey's uh, curdle just being scared for the future. Uh, it was that something that was, uh, and I know you you uh, strongly believe it was the very right thing to do. I'm not trying to ask you yeah, whether sure, sure. whether it was the right thing or not, but but is that something that you get you are a little nervous about, uh, or that that maybe that doesn't you go the know, way maybe, you want maybe, to? Maybe 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 a little maybe a few years.
1: Just ago. a lot of money. I mean, that, I mean oh, that's yeah, the,
0: that's it's yeah. the biggest thing that the city's taken on, and I mean. Maybe ever,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest project ever. $317.5 million. Yeah. Um, does that keep me up at night? No. Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, maybe earlier on, you know, working through some of our difficult challenges on that. Um, maybe. But we're at a very good place now. A really good example, to me, even better than Call Lake, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was the district.
0: Um, the dist- oh, the, the downtown, district, yeah,
1: the, the Cleveland and uh, Garriott development yeah. because yeah. when when that was taken on, and Eric took that on as part of his you know leadership vision to help redevelop an area and working with uh, Ricky Hayes and working with uh, Jeff Williams from mm-hmm. Hunt, and it sounded really good we we we, we redevelop a whole area and it had actually been tried before, and I only know that because I lived here, and yeah. so I remember reading the newspapers in the nineties when the Nicholas's and Skaggs alpha Albertson's or alpha Betas tried it and and it was just, it's difficult. There's 48 houses there, you got to acquire mm-hmm. them all. Now Nicholas had most of them, and so we always knew we'd probably be able to get them from them, but it's getting those other 23 that individuals own, and and that would turn out to be very, very challenging. So that went on long after it started with Eric, and yeah. we, and, and so that one but now was I've, pretty I've, pressure packed from yeah. my perspective when I was in the seat, because until we, thank you Kyle Williams, <laughs> and, and your company, and Alex, and Don, and Jeff, and all those people. Um, which it took a little persuasion but it's been a great
0: for Enid and, and well it's going to be good for them too so it's, I it think is. it's going to be a win-win yes. for everyone so
1: until we got over that with, with, with them that was really stressful yeah, because see the that. people want to millions you know, of dollars in yeah, right? yeah. Okay. and then you know the criticism about you buying property and you know you yeah. got nothing
0: and five years from now I don't think you're again you're going to find no. nobody that would have voted no, e- again even
1: now there. to me that's so zero, low stress now. Even when people talk about the movie theater, it's, yeah, we're still working on movie theater and yeah. when the right thing happens, I'm not even, nobody's worried about it no. now because it's going to happen because look at that. There's a Jiffy Trip, there's a Colton's, there's a Hideaway, there's going to be a
0: bank there. It's, it's over the, way over the tipping point now. Yeah, you know? it's really cool. And my daughter loves the street lights that they designed. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a really cool deal. Or, I mean, it already is, but it's even going to be cooler. Now, one of the challenges that I see is that, uh, uh, and I even posted about it today, uh, was that we have jobs open everywhere. Oh, yeah. Enid is open for business. Uh, and uh, I even said, if any of my friends from outside of Enid want to move to Enid, I guarantee I can find you a job anywhere from uh, packing at, at advance to accounting jobs at no man's land that were uh, that were advertised in the last couple of days. And so uh, uh, I, 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 that seems to be a significant challenge, is getting uh, getting, uh, uh Employees uh, to move to Enid. Do you think that's because of our location? Um, the housing uh, is a little more expensive than you would expect for a town of our size. What What do you think the reason for that is? You know, I do think that the location uh,
1: creates challenges because there's no question. Anybody that's in the construction industry knows it costs more to do stuff here, and mm-hmm. that's not because that's not because you can sell your stuff necessarily for more in Indiana, Oklahoma. It's because a lot of contractors out of town I don't have to come here you got mobilization costs etc I, I remember when uh, um, Brent Swadley uh, was talking about coming to town here he, he tried to go out there by Atwoods mm-hmm. and I know that um,
0: to build a, they yeah, can build a new place yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and I know that was shocking for him so the cost just to clear the land and extend wow. utilities yeah. and, and I'm really glad they decided and ended up buying the old uh, Western Me too. Like anytime that. you can get that infill so yes yeah, infill and I know they spent a lot of money there he did a fantastic job on that and uh, and, it, and I think everybody loves it, but
0: and they're one of our good advertisers. Oh, so we, we appreciate good, the swaddlers <laughs> Good, good,
1: good. Yeah, good, good folks to work for, and and uh, good place to eat. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, development uh, is challenging and difficult, and and having you got to have people, and so um, we're we're a little isolated, and so that's good. I think I, you know I live here because I want to live here. I don't have to live here. Now when my parents were alive, um, I I wanted to be here, and. Uh, and I still want to be here, but I don't have
0: to be here. Um, mm-hmm. You don't
1: have to be here. Yeah. We're here because we want to be here, and so I think that's why it's a great place to raise kids. That's the reason why I'm here. Is that
0: yeah. it, uh, I, it's a big enough community where there's things to do. But it's uh, for me that I mean, everybody knows my daughter. If she does something yeah. crazy, then that I'm going to know about it within 30 minutes, probably if not right. less. So, uh, well, let me let me ask you this. So, what what is your uh, do you have a vision for the next five years that you'd like to see us do, uh, expand, do something a little. Uh, Do you have a big idea that uh, that maybe uh, that you would just love to see if, if we can finance it?
1: You know what? I, I don't know if it's a big idea. Um, what I would like to see happen over the next five years is that we make the city makes uh, big inroads into improving infrastructure mm-hmm. and improving our, our our customer service and the climate for business here. And, and I know we've we've gotten a lot of criticism, and we're working. Um, quite a bit, um, making some incremental changes in, in how we um, do things and how we approach things, like the development process. And so uh, I, I wouldn't say that's a big, massive, splashy idea, but I would say that, um, you know, when you look at, at things that happen, whether it's you growing old and looking at yourself in the mirror or looking at the town, a lot of times it's, it's not necessarily the big changes that make the big difference over time, it's making small changes consistently over a long enough period of time. And so in five years, you look back and we've paid, you know, hopefully many dozens, if not, I guess I can't say hundreds, but, but but many, many, many more streets. I know our focus with our big ideas are, are focused around um, our comprehensive plan. And mm-hmm. Downtown is one of those big ideas. And so um, the hotel coming to fruition is another piece of that that big idea so I think further downtown development mm-hmm. um, I think what Kyle Williams is helping to spur with the, the Christmas tree thing is just going to drive more stuff That that's a pretty big idea um, and I think there's going to be some improvements in, uh, around that I and mean, the people that come to town on that are going to continue to spur more um, development and more investment in the downtown area so, so that the West area shopping area and our um industrial um, parks on the east side of town, including the airport, mm-hmm. are, are really our focuses. So, do I have one big project to tell you about right now that is, no, no I don't, um, um, but but, but, um, probably focused on those those ideas that are our comp plan, mm-hmm. um, improving our downtown area. But you find the comp plan online and, if you really did yes, want to look, yes, right? Yes, 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 it's, it's about this day, <laughs> so be prepared to... Um, read it up is that the 2030 is that is 20, that 2014 24- 20, is it 2030 or 2025 it's, it's 2030 you're okay. right it's 2030 because that's already 2021 yeah, so it's probably getting, we'll probably have to start looking at revising that thing soon but um, with the soccer park out there I think there's um, some possibilities to do some, some other sports related things out there I know sports tourism is, mm-hmm. tourism is talked about a lot as something to um, focus on so um, what, what I think what I'm trying to contribute and I think what the city's doing currently is trying to build upon what we've done and trying to get
0: things better so. well and I, I appreciate you saying about the code development because it's a really fine line for you guys right that that uh, <coughs> you know, a lot of people want to start a small business and and move into a building and it's not necessarily up to code and then they get frustrated that they've got to, that they're asked to spend all this money to bring the building up to code when they're uh building this built uh business, but you guys have an interest in safety for uh, for the community, don't want that building to fall down on a bunch of people that are there, sure. uh, you know, and those kinds of things. So it is kind of a fine line to, uh, to say, okay, well, yeah, we're really excited that you're going to bring something in, in to town or, or do something, but we want to make sure it's also awesome. uh, The other thing that I, or the two other things I see are biggest misconceptions, and you can tell me if you agree or not, is number one, people complain about Van Buren and, and uh, Owen K. Garriott, but you guys have nothing to do with those streets, right? Um, yes.
1: Yes. Uh, um as far as paving those streets, no. We, we, that, that's a no-dot responsibility. Um, state, 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 funded, state funding, the Department of Transportation and, and federal funds for the state. For that, for instance, the overpass. Um, that was a state project. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we had very little contribution to that, but we were impacted. We had to pay to move a water line that was, a, a, I think, on the north end. And um, we probably had some other minor little things, but that's an incredible improvement but that's driven by the state. Now, do we coordinate? You bet. Oh, sure. And they show us plans. And are we responsible for some of the maintenance, like the mowing on the mm-hmm. medians and things? Absolutely, um, we are. But as far as we're talking about um, fixing potholes and things, we don't do that on those streets, but we're happy to take those calls and pass them on to ODOT. Okay, so you Absolutely. Okay. Okay. We, we can communicate with ODOT to, to let them know because um, it does reflect on us as a city, and, and ODOT's
0: generally very responsive to those two they things. They seem so. to be. Uh, so so that's a, that's one of the biggest misperceptions. We talked about the streets. You guys actually yep. do spend some money on the yep. streets. Uh, and so is there anything else that you feel like is a big misperception that uh, that you guys, uh, that people complain about all the time, but, but really you do a lot more than you, they think you do? Oh, um,
1: you know, I can't think of anything right now. I'm just trying to think of um, something to help wrap this up. and And I think one of the things that I've seen... In local government is we want to help make a difference and we want to make a positive difference and i think we do that through our role of uh, building infrastructure repairing infrastructure helping set a positive business climate through the right amount of regulation and, and obviously good customer service trying to help people accomplish their goal help them to get their building permits approved and, and their site plans and those kind of things obviously we do uh, do public safety so um, having said all that The old adages about keep it simple, uh, less regulation is better, Mm -hmm. those are, I think those are true and so you just have to to balance that and so
0: Anytime I've come up with ideas, I've come talk to your guys in city planning, yeah. and they uh, and they said, okay, here's what you. I mean, they're very Good. Here's Good. what you need to do. Here's the challenges for that building, or, or one thing I've run into for a few different lots that I've looked at were floodplains, so it was going to be difficult to build on those particular things because of the flood areas, uh, which are a little more extensive than people realize here in Enid. Yes, uh, and then and. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of time that people say, well, the city needs to bring in Target or, or what. It what oh, just, yeah, yeah. I, I, it just blows one. me away that they don't understand that we can invite businesses all we want. And I'm certain that you guys have contacted everybody that you can think of. Uh, that, uh, But they have to want to put private money in, you know. If just today I said that uh, somebody was saying, well, we need a... a Fast food Chinese place, you know, and we've got the Combo King or China King or whatever it's called, Uh, and uh, and and I would love to have a Panda Express, but I know that uh, uh, that it would take me or somebody like me to do it. It's not the city can't do it; (laughs) they're not going to run a Panda Express. And if they tried to, everybody'd yell at them. So uh, you know, it would. uh, uh, So it's just funny that people have that misconception there too. Uh, You
1: know, I, I find myself I'm like that sometimes, except I don't get out and put it on Facebook and stuff, and I have to check myself sometimes so, so it's really helpful in this role because um, that's a good point I'm glad you mentioned that because when I think of things like the downtown hotel
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know one of the first things people do is they smile and they, they laugh because they think oh it's taking so long but it's funny that, that the people that are actually doing stuff are not the people out there writing about how long it takes uh-huh. and, and so, so the results that we actually are going to get when this thing opens in May the 1st or whatever date that it opens it's not gonna be because people are sitting on Facebook saying, oh, this is never gonna happen. Can you believe it took that long? Or the people say, well, we need another panda walk or we need a... It's the people that actually do something yeah. about it. Like Kyle so, Williams. Like Kyle Williams. Yeah. And, and, and he's just, you know, one example. It's, it's uh, you know, um, I'm just thinking it's like Nick Jackson and Maggie mm-hmm. Jackson and the Da Vinci's coffee chains as I think about it. It's, it's people that have businesses here. or it's like uh, the Tony's or mm-hmm. I was interested. Did you? I mean, did you run a restaurant before? Because I'm wondering, because I've never run a restaurant before. So especially Italian run a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. They're from a, yeah. <laughs> They're
0: not really from. They're
1: not from Italy. So. And so part of it is you. you just. Um, you. You believe that you can do something, and you take a risk. Yeah. And that comes with people like to stand on the side and, and, and criticize yeah. and stuff. And so it's funny that when folks, because you mentioned the, the the finding the target stuff. Um, and, 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 and so the, the number one thing on, on, on any problem that somebody has in the city, the number one thing people think is that the city is responsible. I guess that's the, the top misconception. They think, well, the city can solve this problem, mm-hmm. or the city is responsible for this problem. You know, from, you know, what are my property taxes, which the city doesn't even do, it's just the county, to, um, you know, to, why is the SunLink office closed uh, today? <laughs> yeah. So, and we found <laughs> like, out like everybody else. Sure. Like, dutifully, we had a guy that answered the phone and told me, and it was in the newspaper, we don't. We don't have control. I mean, over yeah. that. I know we, we can control. We, if we get a franchise agreement, we can, you know, regulate that a, a tad in our right of ways. Well, but, sort
0: of. But then, I mean, a lot of people understand that you, that we may get to decide that it's suddenly, but but uh, for however many years. But if yeah. we if we don't like suddenly, number one, you got to have another company that wants to come in and do it, or we have to do it ourselves, which is extremely expensive. And so, uh, you know, yeah, th- uh, so people don't it. really get that stuff.
1: About no, they don't. And when they say, well, we want to target. You, it's, how ironic is this, that that the government says, "Okay, you, this never happened to us before," but everybody else is shutting down, so we're going to put out an order to say shut down. Mm-hmm. And now you got to wear a mask at some point. And, and and some folks will adamantly say, "Well, we don't think the government should be telling us that." We we have that, and then we have, you know, to the to to, to folks who say, you know, whether they are wearing a mask or not, they'll say. Well, the government should figure out and get a target I mean, <laughs> yeah. to me, that's... And so that's been an education over time, is so I thought the government, local government, was responsible for water street, roads, public safety, yeah. those kind of things, but it's really grown, because, and, and I'm not and I'm saying it shouldn't, it's it's grown into we're responsible for you know, quality of life. Economic development. Economic development, um, you know, whether or not, uh, uh, you know, even to the point of, Getting a hotel downtown, and so, so development is hard, and it takes time, and I believe it's done better by the private
0: sector, mm-hmm.
1: and so when something doesn't happen that the government wants because the people value it, whether it's a Target or a hotel downtown, we do our best to make it come true.
0: By making it easier, yes. sometimes, every once in a while, rarely, uh, to provide a little incentive for them yeah. to do it after things that are going to be important.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. And, but then sometimes, you know, unfortunately, with the hotel, it's been... of problems, but it's getting ready to open. I've been in it. You've you've seen seen it. it. I've seen seen the pictures. It is. All right. One more prediction before we go is when people actually get to stay in that hotel and go in it, it won't be. One one thing's. It won't be. It'll be less than two weeks and people forget about how long it took. I I think I I I remember. I learned that from um, our esteemed former Commissioner Van Hooser because I remember when when he was wrangling in the commission and they were gonna do away with Pegasus, and, and I, I he might have said this at a council meeting too, I think he said something about um, when people were complaining, well, you know, Pegasus, blah, 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 blah. He said, "Give it two weeks. Nobody's even remember taxes." So, and and most of right. yeah.
0: So, uh, there are some people I'm sure that kind of. I'm but, sure. but that, but that's a, a nostalgia more than actual History, uh, yes. Public service. I mean, yeah. like saying, is that a public service? So, well, I, I want to end on. Uh, I know you guys got four dogs, according to your bio. So, how uh, still you stop four dogs? I'm down to two. Down to two. Uh, what you got in couple? your bio? <laughs>
1: I do need to update my bio. Yeah, I'm down to two. What kind of dogs were they? Um, they're they're lab mixes. Okay. And uh, rescue one of, dogs. One or? of them came from the pound, and one of them I was just out garage selling with my wife, uh-huh. and and she tells me don't ever do this again. But they had some free dogs, and so I thought, Oh <laughs> take a dog, I, right. I take a
0: dog. So, yeah, so you're you're you a dog guy for sure. Well, if you dog had four guy. at one time, then that's yeah. great. Uh, no kids, but nieces and nephews, right? Uh, they, yeah, yeah, nieces and nephews. Yeah. Uh, see if you and I guess nieces and nephews. Five. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, cool. So it sounds like you have, Do you have any hobbies that you uh, that you really enjoy? Uh, you doing? know,
1: you know what I love uh, um, spending time at my house. Uh, I've recently become very um, partial to my my grandfather's 1965 four door Chevy Chevelle, uh-huh. and so I like old cars. I like fast cars. So I'll be going to the Corvette show uh, this weekend. So for people looking for something to do, and and uh, I love check, that's I in love, the event calendar yes. that we've
0: got in the month. I
1: love fantasy football. Okay. So for me, there's
0: football season and then the off season. Yeah. So uh, we're you're, in off season. You're right checking now. out your uh, <laughs> who who, the, who you're going to draft next year? Yes, yes. All right. So fantasy football. You like the fast cards? You like hanging out at the house doing peddling around there? Yeah, area.
1: I like fixing stuff in my hands. And yeah. I'm not very good at that yet, but I'm trying.
0: Okay. And well so, that sounds really cool.
1: And so one thing I do need to to do, and there's probably plenty of people that can help me, is. Uh, i I know there's talent inside of me, and I want to learn how to play a musical instrument so, uh, what would you have so an idea of which I mean, one you want to do? Uh, probably probably more than one probably uh, uh um i don't know which one's easiest' guitar piano or drums it it's all
0: it's all Greek to me okay. I, I i'm t- my daughter is a fantastic piano player at twelve and uh, and I get up there and I think thinking I, no okay. I got no rhythm I went so i so whatever you decide to do you'll be better okay. than I would be all so right. But the, well, I, I really appreciate you doing this. I, I, I hope this people too. got to know you a little bit. I uh, got to know a little bit about the issues with the city and and uh, uh, the challenges that you face, and and uh, we hope you're around for uh, for a while. So thank you very much. Appreciate Good you. Yes, sir. Right. Thanks.